Support for this podcast is provided by Smart Recruiters, the hiring success company. Smart Recruiters offers enterprise-grade recruiting software designed for hiring success. Move beyond applicant tracking with a modern platform that provides everything you need to attract, select and hire the best talent. From candidate relationship management to programmatic job advertising, recruitment marketing, collaborative hiring and embedded artificial intelligence. Experience a talent acquisition suite with intuitive user experience that candidates, hiring managers and recruiters all love. Leading brands like Bosch, IKEA, LinkedIn and Visa use smart recruiters to future-proof talent acquisition and expand their businesses globally. Visit smartrecruiters.com to find out how you can achieve hiring success as well. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 186 of the Recruiting Future podcast. Almost everyone I talk to in talent acquisition clearly recognises the importance of a high-quality candidate experience. But despite the overwhelming consensus, providing even a decent candidate experience seems to be a big challenge for many employers. You can't improve something if you don't measure it. And the lack of data employers have historically collected about their candidate experience is disappointing, to say the least. However, it finally looks like things are changing for the better. My guest this week is Heike Jemmers from the Dutch e-commerce giant Vacamp. Waycamp have spent the last 12 months building a framework that measures the right data for them to continuously improve their candidate experience. Enjoy the interview. Hi, Heike, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Matt. Great, to, great being here. An absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Could you just introduce yourself and tell us what you do? Yeah, for sure. So my name is Heike Chemis. I am a lead recruiter at Waycamp. So basically, I'm responsible for finding the right talent for our company. And Wacomp is very known in the Netherlands. It is a household brand, but for the international audience, um, we are the top three e-commerce company in the Netherlands. And uh, if you look at our business, you can compare it to something in between Amazon and ASOS. So we are selling fashion, furniture, home accessories, uh, all these kind of stuff for household families. Absolutely. I mean, I've, I've seen quite a, quite a lot of your advertising when I've when I've been over in uh, over in the Netherlands. Um, so could you tell us a bit about the types of recruiting challenges that you have? Yes. So um, we are looking for a lot of different people. And I think uh, most of challenges are in finding people in technology and product development. And there it is very important to uh, attract these people, to connect them to your brand and to, to be sure that you have this brand experience and, and candidate experience that really suits their expectations and, and, and what they 
expect to be literally on top of market for e-commerce. So I know you've done a lot of work on your candidate experience recently. Why was it such a priority for you? And, um, you know, what, what was the what was the issue you were looking to address? Yeah, so um, what we really want is that all people, because uh, this talent is really scarce in the market. So what we are aiming for is that all the people that have been in contact with Wacom as a customer or as a potential colleague um, must become an advocate for the Wacom brand and for uh, future uh, future hires even. So uh, the candidate experience is key. It must be on point to make sure that people that apply to uh, some position at Wacom will become our future um, uh, advocates for the brand. So um, to do so, we want to, to, to uh, be able to, to uh, tweak the process and we want to, to, to have be, to, to, we want to have the process on, on, on a top level. But to do so, you want uh, not only your own idea, but you really need this feedback from the audience, from these candidates um, about what we're doing. And we want to see and we want to measure that we're doing the right stuff. So this is what we have been working on. Um, it is a, a process of, I think, more than a year now that we are uh, diving into this. Um, and we've uh, learned a lot in this process. You've been working on it for a year. Um, you know, take us take us back twelve months. How how did you um, how how did this sort of process start? Yes. So a year ago, uh, we had this bright idea of starting to 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 measure the candidate experience, and we thought, well, as our customers are uh, being asked for an NPS um, every once in a while. Why shouldn't we use the NPS score, the Net Promoter Score, uh, for our candidates as well? So we made up a questionnaire with a lot of questions in it, and one of them was the famous NPS question. Um, and we started sending out these questionnaires to candidates that were rejected or hired. And um, we've got a lot of feedback, but it was really, really random information that we couldn't relate to anything. And we didn't really know what this came from. So uh, we've, well, we've used a couple of months to gather more information, to gather more insights. And at some point we found out that basically because we didn't, really know to what extent we as a recruitment team were in control of our own uh, processes. Um, we, we didn't really know what this kind of experience came from. So what we decided to do is stop with this separate NPS questionnaire and really start over. And we kept the idea of this NPS thing because we really think that it is an interesting measurement tool. Um, but we connected it to our process information that we could extract from our recruitment system. So uh, we started to measure um, the velocity, the candidate velocity in recruitment screen stage, in interview stage, in offer stage. And uh, we connected this 
to a very brief, very short NPS questionnaire. We basically put two questions in the questionnaire. One was the NPS question. The other one was an open question for improvements. So it was just to get a bit more feedback. And what we saw was that there, uh, we've, we've got some correlation between the quality of a process uh, and the quality of the answers in the open questions. So for the time that we were less in control of our recruitment process, we've got really random response uh, that we not really could learn anything from, uh, from the candidates. But now we are a bit further down the line. We are in full control of our process because we have the numbers and we can steer on it. And what we see now as a result is that because we know what is actually happening with all these candidates is that the feedback that we are getting from the candidates in the open MPS question is giving us a lot more insight and more valuable response that we can instantly use to further improve our process. So uh, what we learned and what is really helpful for us is that we need to combine this process information, this internal process information, and this needs to be on point first, and then we can add this uh, more subjective candidate input from, uh, from a questionnaire. And this is sort of a combination of insights that is really helping us in driving this candidate experience. So I've got a, I've got a couple of um, follow-up questions on that because I think, um, you know, that, that sounds like a fascinating process and something that all employers um, should, be, should be doing. Um, first sort of very practical question. So you're, you're asking um, uh, candidates for, for feedback. Um, what point during the process were you asking them um, and um, what kind of response rates were you getting? Yeah, so overall is the response rate around 10%. And uh, we are asking for feedback um, basically um, at the end of the process for this candidate. So in each phase that a candidate goes through, so recruiter screen, interview, screen, uh, interview stage, offer stage, um, and higher stage in the end. Um, uh, so as soon as a candidate leaves the process, we ask for feedback. So this is uh, potentially at the recruiter screen rejection or the uh, interview stage rejection or when an offer gets rejected or when a candidate gets hired. So was there, because I know this is something that comes up quite a lot as uh, potentially a misconception when, when people are talking about collecting candidate feedback. Um, was there kind of, were people who were rejected from the process, were they were they as likely to give feedback to, to people who'd gone sort of further through the process? How did you find, um, how did you find that kind of drop off? Um? Well, I don't see much difference, to be honest. There's only a difference between people who are hired and people who are not hired. And the people who are hired are really into wake up and are delighted to start soon and want to contribute in every possible way. So when we put a questionnaire to them, we will get the questionnaire answered. So uh, the feedback there is higher, but it is biased more towards wake up. So the learning materials for us is a bit less, oddly. Um, 
And in the rejection stage, we see that right now it's around 10%. And I would love to see it a bit higher than, than that. But this is what we are working on right now. And that, you know, and compared to, uh, you know, standard sort of percentages for survey responses, that's, uh, you know, that's still pretty good. It's going. pretty okay. Yeah, yeah it's absolutely. pretty okay. So you also mentioned that there were sort of parts of the recruitment process you had control of and there were things that were outside of your control. Can you sort of expand on that and tell us the, the, the types of changes that you made based on this data and these learnings? Uh, yes. So um, uh, what we saw was that um, most feedback was on speed and on setting expectations. And, uh, for example, um, uh, during interview stage, um, uh, the, the, the uh, hiring team was a bit ambiguous on whether or not there was actually a position open or not. Um, and, well, there was, but there were some other candidates. And uh, I think uh, what we saw in feedback was that this felt insecure or at least it felt a bit weird to the candidate um, and it's very easy to fix by uh, training the hiring managers and the interview teams a bit more and uh, explaining that um, being being really clear about expectations on both sides uh, is really helpful for for us as as a company as well as for the candidate candidates looking for clarity as well the other thing is uh, speed. I don't know how it, how it is in other countries, but in the Netherlands, you see in a lot of companies that um, uh, it, it feels a bit decent to wait a bit with feedback. Like maybe it's, it's more decent to give your feedback tomorrow or the day after tomorrow instead of, let's say, an hour after the interview. And what we are finding out is that many candidates... Uh, don't mind getting feedback sooner, but do mind getting feedback later. So why shouldn't we fasten this a bit more? Absolutely, and um, you know that's a uh, you know that's a great example of uh, data sort of uh, um, going against decades of uh, decades of kind of recruiter recruiter law in terms of what what happens. Yeah, um, really interesting and. So for, for you guys, I mean, the, the candidate, the, the whole kind of experience, does, does that start at the recruitment process or does it start, uh, you know, for example, with things like your careers website? Because I, I kind of understand that you've just, um, you've just redesigned that. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, we did. Yes, yes, it starts on the, uh, uh, on the career site or, or even before the career site. Um, so, so we relaunched our uh, career site uh, uh, a few months ago and we really wanted a different angle. What you see on many career sites is that it's really conversion driven. So um, most companies uh, start with a search box and a list of vacancies um where we chose a bit of a different angle um we don't want most people to instantly apply um we want visitors of our career site to get to know wakeup a bit more to learn about how we act as a company how we think as a company what our company culture is what our values are and when this is sparking you then it must be very easy to find a relevant position for you. But it is not the first thing that you need to do on this website. And 
what we see is that people are coming back, people are applying, people are revisiting later to learn more, to read interviews, to um, see what we call wake up moments, what are really short images, a little bit of text of real events that are happening in the company. Uh, uh, it, these are like sort of Instagram pictures on our website, basically. I mean, I think for um, a lot of organizations, that's kind of uh, sort of, you know, their nirvana in terms of how their career site should work. Um, but, you know, what I see a lot of the time is, uh, you know, people visit their, their interest isn't converted and they and they never come back. Is it the quality of the content or the, the fact that you're such a well-known brand? What is it that sort of brings people back to your career site? I don't think that being a well-known brand makes you come back after you've seen it. Um, I think that the quality of the content and then in terms of um, being real and being relevant is key in this story. So uh, what we did is um, we started with the company North Star. So we have this company goal that we are aiming for. And there are a lot of teams in the company and each team has their own North Star that they are aiming for. And this is aligned with the company goal. And each person in the team has a personal North Star that is more or less aligned with the team North Star that's more or less aligned with the company North Star. And basically all people that are on the website are sharing their North Star and how this is helping Wake Up grow, how they grow in the company. So it's really about uh, unleashing your potential in a company and learning uh, leading uh, your own, uh, your personal growth, leading Wacamp as an e-commerce company. Um, and these are true stories. Those are real stories. And when you read it, you feel that this is not some marketing rubbish, but it's really what we are doing. And by refreshing this content and making sure that there is more to see when you return to the website, um, it stays relevant. And I think this relevance and uh, genuinity and uh, uh, basically the combination of it is what drives people back to the website. So final question, um, you've, you've spent sort of 12 months of evolving your, your measurement and your, your candidate experience. Uh, what's next? What, what are your plans for the, for the next 12 months? So what we've done so far is uh, basically improving the quality of the process. And the next step is that we want to use data to make our recruitment more predictive. So um, we are moving a bit internal again, uh, let's put it that way. And what we want to do is use data to predict not only um, uh, how long it will take to fill candidates, uh, to, to fill open position with candidates, but also uh, we want to use the data to um, be on the right place, on the right moment to actually attract them. And we want to use uh, our own data for it and combine our own data set with uh, public data that's available, with LinkedIn data, with basically every data point that we can uh, that we can can grab our fingers behind um and really start working on data-driven recruitment hi thank you very much for talking to me you're very welcome thanks for being here 
My thanks to Heike Jemis. And also my thanks to the lovely people at Smart Recruiters for helping to organise the interview. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts or via your podcasting app of choice. The show also has its own dedicated app, which you can find by searching for Recruiting Future in your app store. If you're a Spotify user, you can also find the show there. You can find all the past episodes at www.rfpodcast.com. On that site, you can subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next week and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.